Hey everybody, I'm Tim Muma and you've locked on to localjobnetwork.com radio. Now this is Moving Up the Ladder, a show where your success is in our mind, seeking to give you insight into improving your business or career. And we're setting our sights on leaders today and the importance of understanding the differences between being self-aware versus being self-centered. To help us figure it all out, we have Ed Delaporte joining us. Ed is the Vice President of Information Technology over at Horizon Hobby, and he comes on to the show today. Ed, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Good morning. So, uh, first of all, I thought the topic was interesting. You had written uh, a piece about, again, leaders being self-centered versus self-aware. Is there a simple way to break that down or to differentiate the two that our listeners could quickly grab onto? Yeah, I think it's 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 almost it's almost obvious. But self-centered le- leaders tend to be guys and gals that are egocentric, and they think that the world revolves around them. And it's not uncommon because the reason you get put into a leadership position is often because you're successful. Right. You make good decisions. You've got the right background. You've got the right degree, and you do things well. And then boom, all of a sudden you're a leader. And um, if you let that go to your head, you become a self-centered leader. Uh, Self-aware leaders get past that and understand that they have to accomplish things by working through other people and that the world does not revolve around them. Really strong leaders understand it's about their team, not about them. I think that's sort of the core difference. Yeah, as you said, it seems like it should be self-explanatory, and uh, you know, but of course it looks different to, uh, to different people, so I appreciate you giving us a quick sure. understanding of those two things. So basically in this article that you had talked about, um, that you had written, I should say, you talk about being an effective leader and why you need to be self-aware, of course, but then the danger being the self-centered portion of it. Uh, you had three specific reasons there, and I thought it would just be nice to run through those and maybe talk about some details. So what uh, you had the first one mentioning self-aware leaders make better decisions. Why is that? Where does that come from? Why do you believe that is the case? Well, in, in the past, when I've seen self-centered leaders make decisions, again, they're, they're there because they're successful and they've let their egos get to them. And they make they tend to make decisions unilaterally without listening to their team okay. or or even their worse yet even their customer internal customer base in the case of IT the internal customers, and they set a course of action and you know the the team they realize what they've got for a leader they've read it and they'll just go along with that course of action because they know if they try and push back or stop it a self-centered leader won't react well to that and it'll just hurt you know the individual that's pushing back it'll hurt his career and his relationship with his boss. So if you flip it over and you say, what's a self-aware leader do? Because you're quenching your ego um, and because it's all about the team, you will, by the very nature of a self-aware leader, be open to feedback and differing viewpoints. You know, you're confident enough to know that you can work your way through it and um, you want to hear what everybody has to say. Over time, what you figure out is there are a lot of smart people in the world and it doesn't. it's not about me. And if I can uh, if I can get the input from my staff, I'm going to make better decisions on a consistent basis. So how do you think a leader can make sure that he's fostering that, he or she, I should say, in terms of really accepting that feedback? Because I think a lot of organizations, you hear that all the time. Oh, we have an open-door policy. Let's, let's talk about it. Let's really break down what we're trying to accomplish here. But in the end, that leader is just making the decision whatever they think is best. So how do you feel that a leader can really facilitate some of that? interchange of ideas. I think I think part of that is goes back to the whole self-awareness deal. I mean, I, I didn't understand the concept of self-awareness in a real way until I was leading a team that I'd led for a while and I built really good re- relationships with my management team. It was an IT team and I created a a meeting, a monthly meeting called Feedback for Ed. 
and we'd come in and shut the door, and the first thing I'd say is, hey, whatever you say in this room stays in this room. I promise it will not affect your reviews. Just tell me what's going on. Tell me how people are seeing things. Tell me what the mood is. Tell me what you know what's happening out there. And that was that was eye opening. That was you know I got some feedback. It was like it was like having a 360 review every month. Right, right. <laughs> and it was great. You know, I mean, I learned so much from it, and it was very gracious of those those people to my management team to, to actually engage in that and and take the chance and trust me. And of course. You know, there were never any negative repercussions for them, and there were a lot of positive things that came out of that process. But it was it was that kind of uh, self-awareness that started the, holy cow, I better watch my actions and my reactions and the way I, the way I uh, come across. Right. And now, is that something that, as you mentioned, you had built some good relationships there? I would still think there might have been a little bit of uneasiness from them no coming question. forward. Okay. No, it's absolutely true. And, and in, so the first thing in, in leadership, in my mind, is to build relationships because leadership is about influence. It's not about position. It's not about your title. It's about influence. And the only way you can lead people is if you have a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. In general, I mean, in some crisis situations, if you step up and lead, people will follow you just because it's, you know, they want somebody to show them the way. There's that component of it. But in a long-term business environment, the the only way to influence people is to have relationship, to really connect to them, to understand them, to be vulnerable to vulnerable to them. Um, that's what's required. So I had built those relationships to begin with, and before I tried this, I honestly had I'd probably been there three years and worked very hard on those relationships. And even then, they were like, "Are you sure?" Right. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine there'd be a little uh, yeah, like I said, uncertainty in, in doing something like that. Well, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the idea of building those relationships because that was another point you had emphasized, the idea of being that self-aware leader and how it's important to have those relationships. So how does the self-centered individual not foster those relationships, or why does that happen, and what, what specifically could you point to? Well, I think, you know, when I've worked for self-centered leaders, they really don't invest in relationships. For them, it's about the facts and the tasks at hand and okay. getting things done. And so they kind of do the seagull management thing sometimes. They swoop in and give you a few words of advice and then leave. And there's no ongoing connection. There's no. And what happens is, you, as, a, as an employee in that environment, um, as a team member, it makes it difficult to communicate with them. Mm-hmm. And um, I found myself with a leader, with a staff below me and a leader like that above me. It was. I had to be very brave to go address things because it was. You just never knew how it was gonna, how it was gonna break. So I think again, relationships are the key to leadership. So I think that what we're doing here is in sort of a sidebar is we're defining the difference between a manager and a leader. Sure. Sure. So a manager will come in and create processes and follow the rules and, you know, m- tends to micromanage in some cases, and a leader comes in builds relationships sets a vision, tells stories about that vision, gets people to buy into that vision, and, and carries the team forward in the direction of the new vision. Well, I appreciate you bringing that up. I and mean, That's something that uh, a couple of colleagues around here always talk about, like what is a leader? How is that different from a manager? And I think, I think you uh, summed it up there nicely for our listeners. When we're talking about these ideas of relationships, I think sometimes people listening are thinking, well, is that really my job? Why is this a part of it? Do you feel that in recent times, this has become a bigger concern or a more important factor 
Whereas in the past, it was, as you mentioned, sort of process-oriented, get the task done and move on. I mean, do you see that there's been a major shift in recent times? I don't know if there's a shift. I think great leaders have always built relationships. Okay. I, I think if you look back through time, the ones that have really been successful have been the ones that had strong relationships and were, and were connected to their people. But I think that when you, when you think about what's going on, we've got this whole new emotional IQ idea that's maybe the, the last 10 years. Sure. And if you engage in, in studying that and reading about that, that's, it comes back to the same sort of thing. You've got to engage. You've got to understand your people. You've got to, you know, you need to know. If you've got employees who've got kids, you need to know what their names are, what they do, you know, what they're into. <laughs> I mean, th- those things matter to people. It matters to me. You know, it matters to me that my boss knows those things. So I think, I think that those relationships, they know you care. They, people don't care how much you know. They want to know how much you care. And that's the issue right there is that you've got to be engaged, and I think the relationships are key. Piggybacking a little bit off those relationships, and you had mentioned the, the word trust before when you talked about uh, you know your employees having to trust that you weren't going to be hurt or offended or if, you know, there would be repercussions for their uh, honest feedback. On the flip side of trust is delegating duties and tasks and, and different you know possibly projects that be, they'd be running. Where does that fall into play when you're talking about self-centered versus self-aware and delegating some of those duties? Well, I think what I've often seen with self-centered leaders is that they feel like they're the only ones who accomplish a task because they can do it the best. Mm -hmm. And they've had the experience where they've delegated something and got back less than what they wanted. You know, it didn't meet their standards. Right. And sometimes these self-centered folks are so talented and they're so good at what they do, they feel like, you know, they get into a leadership spot and they feel like they got to do everything themselves. And so it becomes, they become the focal point and the bottleneck for the whole department. Everything has to pass through their hands. And a, a self-aware leader understands that when you delegate, you're telling a person, I trust you. And so obviously there are times when you delegate and when you don't, but um, and there and there's there's stages of delegation. There are sometimes I've got people I can just turn to and say do this, and I know it's going to get done. Right. There are other people I I have to say okay we're going to do this, and then I have to walk them through the process. It kind of depends on where they are in the, their career path and how much experience they have with this whatever we're trying to accomplish. But when I say to somebody I trust you get this done for me, oftentimes I'll get back better results than I by far better than I could have accomplished myself. Hmm. And that's the lesson that, you know, that if you're self-aware, you know, you're saying to somebody, I trust you, this is yours, you own this, you're the president of this thing, take care of it. And that makes a big difference to people. Well, what would you say out there to the individuals who maybe are struggling with this aspect of it? As you said, people have that mentality of, well, if you want it done right, you got to do it yourself and sort of that mantra. What are the problems that arise when a leader or a manager does try to take on all the tasks and not really delegate, as we're talking about? Well, the first thing you give up is the multiplier effect, right? I've got a team of, of you know, over 20 people here. If I try and do everything myself, we're obviously not going to accomplish much. So you do one, two, a couple things. You're going to alienate, alienate your team because you're saying to them, I don't trust you to do this, even though you're on my team you know, you do this piece of it and I'll take it and finish it or, you know, that kind of thing. Right. So so you've got you, – the, the biggest thing is you give up the multiplier. If you're willing to delegate, set the vision, give people the tools they need, run interference for them, protect them politically, encourage them, engage with them, they will accomplish things that are beyond your comprehension. 
but if but if everything's got to run through one person, you're you're giving up that multiplication effect, and it slows everything down, and the department is a lot less productive and a lot less efficient. And you know, these days efficiency is is a huge deal. Mm-hmm. We're all trying to do more with less because the economy isn't where we'd like it to be, and um, we're very focused on being efficient. And I really believe that you've you've got to be able to delegate and and get people into the right positions, doing the right jobs for the right reasons and uh, give them the task and let them run. Well, I think our listeners can definitely tell that, uh, you know, the three points that you had brought up as far as being self-aware leaders, uh, making better decisions, delegating, and also building those relationships, how they're all intertwined, and hopefully those that have been listening will be able to take some of this into their own workplace. Uh, We are getting low on time, but I wanted to give you the opportunity, uh, as we do all of our guests, to sort of give the listeners a takeaway from our conversation, maybe something we didn't specifically touch on or uh, just an area you'd like to emphasis revolving around the conversation we had. Again, just a, a, maybe a brief statement to give the listeners to take away from today. I would think that when you're in a leader, leadership position, you're constantly communicating to your team whether you realize it or not. So think about it. When your boss walks into the room, you're trying to read his mood. You're looking at his attitude. You're checking her body language, her facial expressions, her actions. All those things matter. And as a leader, you have to be aware that you're sending out these communications, these signals constantly. And that's, I think that's one of the tougher things is to understand that you have to control your attitude and your reactions and even the way you smile when you walk in the door because it affects the whole team. I think that's a nice piece of advice to wrap things up here on LJN Radio and the podcast Moving Up the Ladder. We have been speaking about being a self-aware leader versus possibly being self-centered in your leadership role. Our guest today has been Ed Delaporte, Vice President of Information Technology over at Horizon Hobby. Ed, thanks again for sharing your perspectives with us on the topic today. Thanks very much for having me. Of course, we also want to hear from you, the listeners, as well. If you have any thoughts on future topics you'd like us to cover on LJN Radio, just email us at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. Wishing you success in all your endeavors. I'm Tim Muma. We'll talk to you later.